0: Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. I want to jump in to the Sermon on the Mount today. We've been in this series for, I don't know, a couple months already, five, six weeks, and, um, and we have just finished the first chapter, Matthew chapter five. We've got two more to go. We're going to jump right in to what Jesus is saying right at the top of the chapter at Matthew chapter 6. And this is what he has to say. He says, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, Sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. We serve a God that sees all, knows all, and he is um, keeping track of all for your reward. So Jesus is is teaching us what it looks like to follow him. He's giving us the Sermon on the Mount is the framework of how to follow him. Cuz see, we don't just receive the teachings of Jesus. We have to act them out. We don't just hear them, we have to do them. We don't just receive them, the teachings, we have to put them into practice. And that's what I want to speak to you about today, putting the the words of Jesus, putting the Sermon on the Mount into practice in your life. So many different things we've already gone through. We've gone through the Beatitudes, the nine blessings of Jesus, where he talks about the characteristics that are blessed by heaven. He talks about the meek. He talks about the poor in spirit. He talks about about those who are hungry and are thirsty for righteousness. And Jesus says those are the people that God is going to bless. I would encourage you, go over those Beatitudes in your life. And work them into who you are. Jesus talked about the nature of his kingdom through um, the Sermon on the Mount. We, we've talked about uh, the nature of his church and how it's the city of light. A few weeks ago I spoke on how Jesus commands us to love our enemies. This is one of the most, I don't know, difficult commandments that we could ever have received from Jesus. And yet Jesus says, here's the bar. I'm looking for you not to just um, uh, coexist with I'm looking for you to actively love and pray for your enemies. What is Jesus doing? He's giving us the framework of what it looks like to follow the way, to follow him. And he's showing us that this is impossible for us. We are going to need the active work of the Holy Spirit in our lives so that we can receive these teachings, put them into practice, become doers of the words, and have Jesus Begin to change who we are. We need the help of the Holy Spirit in order to live the life that Jesus is calling for us to live in the Sermon on the Mount. Here, Jesus is assuming that we are going to be practicing our righteousness. He gives a warning and he says, beware practicing your righteousness in front of others so that you may be seen by them. He's talking about showing off. And what Jesus is saying here is that your motivations matter. In fact, Jesus cares about your motivation sometimes even more than your action. He cares about the state of your heart more than the, the work of your hands. So Jesus is saying, "I want you, I want you to hear me clearly. Beware when you practice your righteousness that you don't become like the Pharisees. You don't become like the legalists. You don't become like those that do good things but not for God. He says instead... I want you to practice your religion. I want you to practice my words, the teachings you've received, put them into actions, but I want it to be for me. See, what's built in this, into this commandment is the assumption that you and I will be practicing the words of Jesus, that we won't just receive them, but that we will put them into practice. This is what uh, Paul says to the Philippians. He says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. He's saying what you have seen me do. Myself as a model, now it's your turn. Put it into practice. And what is the reward? That God will bring peace into your life, into your mind, into your home. See, this is what Jesus is asking of us in the Sermon on the Mount. What you have seen me do. Now you put it into practice. See, practice, practicing, it's doing something, it's a single action, perpetually repeated. That's, that's the definition that we're going with today for practice. It is a single action, perpetually repeated, and over time it leads to great impact, even if the action is small. I want you to imagine with me that you're, you're given the task to shovel, um, to shovel out a large area of ground. You see the shovel, hold it in your hands. If you're able to take one shovel full of dirt, it's not a lot. You know what? The average shovel full of dirt is around 20 pounds. It's no big deal. And, and, and you might think if you had to shovel out an area like your backyard or a plane, that one shovel full is not a whole lot of impact. It's not, it doesn't bring a whole lot of change, small and unconsequential. But do you know that if you continued shoveling at a consistent rate for one hour, you would by the end of that hour move five tons of dirt. One shovel full is about 20 pounds. One hour's worth is five tons of material that would be displaced. If you continued going all day long for eight hours, if your back could handle it, you would have 60 tons of material moved from one location to another. That's just one person with one shovel. What am I I saying? I'm saying that simple actions consistently repeated, they eventually can move mountains. This is what This is what Jesus is speaking about. This is what Paul is speaking about when they talk about practicing your righteousness. These aren't momentous things. These aren't grand miracles. These are the simple actions that you can do. Those small in the beginning, if you continue in them day by day, year by year, it will lead to massive impact in your life. One shovel full at a time can move a mountain. One simple prayer one chapter a day, one connection with God a day, one act of generosity a day. It's the simple, single actions of righteousness that when you begin to practice them over time, they begin to cause a great impact. And I believe they will change who you are. They'll change who, what your character is. When you begin to pray every day, Maybe even multiple times a day, filled with prayer. Five minutes here, five minutes there. Speaking in tongues, staying connected to the Holy Spirit. Reading a chapter a day. Meditating on a verse a day. Though small, if you start doing it consistently, day after day, I'm telling you, things begin to rapidly change. God begins to speak to you. As you begin to practice your righteousness, you begin to become proficient at your righteousness. Things begin to change around you and through your actions and in you. Small things, paying attention to your kids instead of your phone. That's an act of righteousness that if you consistently repeat it, it will have a massive impact on them. Having a conversation with your spouse every day for 20 minutes a day will radically change your marriage. Um, uh, Showing up to church every Sunday as much as you can for one year will radically change your life. What am I saying? I'm saying these are simple acts of righteousness that you can practice And God can begin to use you and change you and rearrange you through these consistent actions. And where will you be in 20 years? What will you speak like? What will you pray like, sound like, look like? What will the house you live in look like if you choose every day to get just a little bit better in practicing your righteousness in one area or another? In 20 years, I believe you will be a product of blessing. Great will your reward be from your Father who is in heaven. Why? Simply because you chose, I'm going to practice my righteousness even in the small things. This is baked into what Jesus is saying to us, that we should be actively working out our salvation, practicing our righteousness. So there's a great quote from R. Alan Woods that says it takes practice to become proficient at something, practicing The presence will make us good at it. Staying connected with who God is in the little things, but in the everyday, will change who you are overall. A couple weeks ago, I was speaking about the Holy Spirit when we were going through the Beatitudes. And here at the church, there's a great impact. There's a hunger for the Holy Spirit right now in our church, there's a hunger for the Holy Spirit right now in churches. And it was amazing to see how many people just came down to the altar. Both services, the altar was packed. People wanted to be touched by the Holy Spirit. They wanted to have an experience with Him, and many of them began to speak in tongues. We are a Spirit-filled church. We are a Spirit-led church. We value the Holy Spirit. We love the Holy Spirit. We desire the Holy Spirit, and we want more of the Holy Spirit. So a couple weeks ago, there were many people that said that to me, and they came down, and and we were praying. For them, and, and they began to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in tongues. And, and the instruction that we left with all of them when they were to leave the altar was not to leave the gift at the altar. But take it with them. And what do we tell them to do? Almost every single one of them we said, hey, make sure you go home and practice. How do you learn a language? You got to speak it. I went to Ecuador once for around two weeks or so. And I learned more Spanish in those two weeks than I did in five years of Spanish class. Why? Because the atmosphere necessitated learning the language. The way you get proficient, the way you get good at something is by doing it over and over. Practicing, repeating. Though small, if you're able to stay consistent, you will become proficient. This is what God's calling is to us, to you and to me. When it comes to righteousness, it's not the grand gestures, the -the over-the-top generous moments. Those are good, but those aren't the things that make you like God. It's the little things in the everyday that as you practice them, they lead you to look like Jesus, speak like Jesus, pray like Jesus, live like Jesus. So what I'm saying to you is if your lifestyle not one of practicing righteousness. Today is the day where you need to put that on the, on the top of your goal list. That you would begin to integrate the actions of Jesus into your actions every day. You have to practice the presence. Lean into the presence of God. Remind yourself to pray. Pause and reconnect with God. Pause and speak in tongues if you can. Pause and meditate on a verse. If, if a verse pops into your mind, look it up. See what the verse before it is, after it. Why did that verse come into your mind? Did God want you to send it to someone? Does he want you to pray about it? Think about it. You know, even this sermon that I'm speaking to you today, it's more of a conversational sermon, but I was just driving this week and I felt God's put this phrase in my heart, hey, put it into practice. And it, it impacted me. Simple phrase. Out of the book of Philippians, put it into practice. What you've seen from me, what you've heard from me. I want you to take a step beyond the theoretical. Because see, religion can become philosophical. We can discuss the ideas, like you would discuss politics or you discuss sports. It could become atmospheric. It could become about the preachers or it could become about the sermon or it could become about the theory. And, and, And here's the reality. Jesus didn't come just to give us a moral philosophy. He came to give us his life that we might model his life through our life. Jesus came to give us righteousness applied, practiced, active. Why? So that our life could be blessed. Jesus is even saying, hey, be careful practicing righteousness in front of everybody because they can't bless you like I can. Don't live for their applause because it is an un worthy reward. Live for the reward that I can give, which is peace that passes understanding, peace in your home. One of my hopes for you is that when you come home, you like coming home. That when you walk into your living room, there's just a spirit of peace on it. That the Holy Spirit is indwelt in that place waiting for you to come home, walk in the door. I I, I hope that, that your house isn't filled with chaos. In fact, I believe that that is not A life that you have to live. You might say, well, how how do I get to a home that's peaceful? How do I get to a marriage that's peaceful? I think it starts with reading the Sermon on the Mount. Reading the words of Jesus. Receiving that as righteousness. And now put it into practice. Every day. Ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, convict me today. Encourage me today. Challenge me today. Let me know when I've said something that I shouldn't say. I'll apologize. I'll repent. Give me a check when I've ignored my kids or ignored my spouse. I'll change my actions. These are the little things. But life is lived in the little things. And I believe the Holy Spirit wants you to live a good life. So God is teaching us. Jesus is teaching us that this is how you live. I want you to put into practice. I want you to put into practice my righteousness. And you're not on your own, by the way. The Holy Spirit will come, and he'll convert your faithfulness into fruitfulness. He'll convert these consistent actions into a consistent lifestyle. The more you're faithful, the Holy Spirit has something to work with now, and the more you'll become fruitful. Every action that you take that is Christ-like is sowing a seed for a future harvest, and the Holy Spirit will make that thing grow in your life, in your heart, With your emotions, in your words, in your home, he's saying, sow the seeds of righteousness. For the Holy Spirit will convert that into fruitfulness. Think about the human body. The human body converts food into energy, right? Whatever you eat, the better it is, the more healthier it is, the more it helps the body break it down, hold it, prepare it for the moment that that food, that energy is required in your life. But here's here's the thing. The human body will convert food into energy, but in order for that energy to be applied, there has to be a demand. Working out, we're going for a run, going to work. The living of the everyday, that is where your energy is expelled. Food in, energy out. But there needs to be a demand for that energy. If you sat on the couch all day, then there's not much energy that, needs, that is required. There has to be a demand. Hear me. The Holy Spirit comes and he converts faith into fruitfulness. He converts your actions. He converts your righteousness into a fruitful life. But here's the thing. There has to be a demand. There has to be a demand on the Holy Spirit. There has to be actions of righteousness. There has to be moments of faith. There has to be moments where you have to hope. Even in times of crisis, that's where your faith begins to rise. Why? Because you begin to demand. You begin to demand of God. Demand of the promises of God. And that's where the Holy Spirit steps in and he steps up and he says, I am here, I am here now to convert these acts of righteousness into fruitfulness. Because hear me, you cannot practice righteousness without getting its after effects, which is always the fruit of the Holy Spirit love and joy and peace. It's what the Holy Spirit is sent by God to do. So God doesn't just say, hey, go, go ahead. Practice righteousness, get better, do better, be more. That's not God. God's not saying for you to try and try and um, work your way into a better life. He's saying, I want you to practice righteousness, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And every time you need help, every time there's a demand, the Holy Spirit will show up and he will be your advocate. He will walk with you through this process. He will help you and convict you and challenge you and lead you if you will allow him. And through that process... He will begin to make you, not better, he'll make you who you really were always meant to be, which is not out of your own strength, but by the Spirit of God. Are you with me? This is what, this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I want you to practice righteousness, but I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit to help you do this. And then the reward is going to be a, a lifestyle blessed by me, the fruit of the Spirit i met many people that, you know, they've maybe been um, going to church for a while, but they'll say, you know, Jordan, I've just lost, I've lost my faith. I, I've lost, I've lost my, my fruit. I, I, I'm spiritless, or I'm, I'm joyless, or I'm faithless. They'll, they'll use phrases like, I'm burnt out, I'm frustrated, I'm tired. And the reality is many times they'll say, God left me. Truthfully, God has never left anyone. He's never forgotten. He's never abandoned ever before. You wouldn't be the first that he's going to leave. But many times we buy into the lie of the enemy that, that we're too far gone or that's just not working out, that we tried and didn't work, and so, so I'm out. I've got no fruit in my life, so it's God's fault. The reality is many times when I speak to people in that place, and maybe you're in that place, the truth of it is that they haven't lost their fruitfulness. They've really lost their faithfulness. They've lost the actions that the Holy Spirit comes on and turns into fruitfulness. They've lost practicing righteousness. They've lost praying their way into the presence of God. They've lost the Word of God, which was a lamp unto their feet. They've lost faith-filled friends that kept them on the right track. They've lost sensitivity to the Holy Spirit because they've ignored his voice. And why would the Holy Spirit speak to you? If all you'll do is ignore his voice. The reality is you lose your faithfulness before you lose your fruitfulness. And the good news is you can become fruitful again. You have to come back to the Holy Spirit. Come back to the word of God. Come back to the actions of righteousness and say, this is the way I'm going to live. I'll start small again. But God, I don't want to live spiritless, tired, burnt out, frustrated, consumed with dead religion. I want your peace. I want your joy. I want your boldness. I want your faithfulness. God comes in and he will help you take the right step again. Many times when I speak to people that are kind of caught up in that broken place I'll ask him some questions, and, and this is a spiritual checkup that we should all do, um, that we should all have moments in our life throughout the year where we allow people, we allow the Holy Spirit to check our hearts. Here's a spiritual checkup for you, for you to see where you are in life. Here's a question. Is my love for God increasing? Is my love for my family increasing? Hear me. God wants you to go from faithfulness to fruitfulness, Is my love for God increasing? Is my love for my family increasing? Here's another check that you can can apply into your life. Am I growing in my spiritual habits? Am I growing in my Bible? You might say, well, I missed last week, or I missed a couple days ago, I missed. All right, all right. But overall, are you growing in your spiritual habits, growing in the Word, growing in your prayer, your prayer language, your connection with God? Are you growing in serving or are you backsliding, decreasing, doing less and becoming less? This is your spiritual checkup. Here's a question to ask Is my heart growing softer or becoming hardened towards God and man? Is your heart growing softer to the things of God? Are you sensitive to God's word, sensitive to His voice? When you come to church, are you sensitive to His presence? Or are you allowing bitterness? vengeance or anger to harden your heart towards other men other women and eventually that bitterness will harden your heart towards God what am I saying I'm saying these are things that you can use as a spiritual check up and check in in your life to see if you are practicing righteousness or you're practicing selfishness Look what the Bible says in James chapter 1. It says this, Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word. The implanted word. It's a, it's a picture of the word being sowed into your heart, which is able to save your souls. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. What James is saying is there comes a moment in your life, there comes a moment in your spiritual walk, where you need to put away the old continually. But more than that, you need to be a doer of the word of God. What you have heard, what you have received, now go and do likewise. And and as you begin to do the word of God, the word of God will begin to embody your life. It'll begin to change aspects of you that you couldn't change. But it starts With taking the teachings of Jesus, receiving them, and then putting them into practice. Simple, consistent, every day can change a whole lot. So I guess my challenge to you today would be to give God something to reward. A lot of times we can get into a spiritual state where it's all about us receiving. We come to church to receive. We go to the Word to receive. We pray to receive. But when you begin to mature in the things of God, God says, I've given you everything you need, but now I'm looking for you to put it into practice. Now I'm looking for you to be me to those around you on planet Earth. Give God something to reward. Actions, sacrifice, hope, something that he can say, that's my child, that's what that should look like. That's a life lived after me. Give him something to reward. The Sermon on the Mount is a sermon where Jesus teaches us what it looks like to be a follower of him. But built into it is the expectation that we will act it out. And when we do, we will act like him. But here's God's guidelines. It has to be real and it has to be for his glory. God's saying, I don't want you to practice righteousness for the approval of man. That ends up deifying the people around you and gets you misguided. I don't want you living it out out of selfishness, looking for gain. God says, I want you to do it for those in need, and I want you to do it for my glory. It has to be real, and it has to be God for God alone. I'm so thankful that I'm able to be a part of a community of people that Every Sunday and throughout the week, I'm able to see what consistent convictions, silently serving looks like. Just, just a faith that, that doesn't back down, a faith that doesn't need to be brash, a faith that is steady. A steadfast love for God and for people. It's inspiring to me, and I, I pray that us as God's people can come back to the Word with a fresh revelation. that This isn't just theory, concepts, or goodness. It's meant for us to receive, to put into practice in the everyday, and I believe that it will have a massive impact five, 10, 20 years from now. Heritage is born out of the Word of God. Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.